Let's talk about it. Somebody here is ready to talk about it. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Morning. Man, isn't it wonderful to be able to just come together and uh, worship, spend time together, focus on the Lord, um, kind of tune out some of the noise in life, uh, and then just have friendship. Um, I really want to encourage you to take advantage of Whitewater, this community. This is a place you can belong before you believe. That means that we don't want to just be friendly. We want to be a place you can build friendships and meet friends and, and grow on your spiritual journey. I want to make sure you know that you're personally invited to uh, our house. Sarah and I are so excited to have Starting Point um, at, our, at our house at 1215. You know, you can grab the, all, this, all the info in the back. Just make sure you don't use it for terrible purposes like egging our house, uh, TPing our house. But we would love to have you over for some food to hang out. And the whole point of Starting Point is if, you're, if this is your first day or maybe you're restarting your journey with, with Christ or you've been sitting in the seats for a year or two and now you're ready to engage out of the season that you've come from and you're ready for the next step, Starting Point really helps people find those next steps. And again, it's not so important to us as where you've been or even where you're at. The most important thing is what direction are you headed in your spiritual journey. So uh, let me say a word of prayer and we will jump in today. Heavenly Father, so grateful to be here amongst friends, so grateful to be here amongst future friends I can't wait to meet. Uh, Lord, would you just speak to our hearts? Would you help us to see people the way you see them, love people the way you love them, um, in a way that, that enables us to reach across boundaries, um, to re- reach across the aisle, Lord, people who might think and see things entirely differently than, than, than I do or than other people do. God, would you bring us together in your, in your love? We are a community of the included, of the forgiven and the loved. And, and God, this is a group, when the world sees us, that it might not make sense why we're together, why we hang out together, why we're friends, because we just could seem so different. But you unify us, and your spirit unifies us, and we trust in that, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're in a series called Talk About It, How to Have Spiritual Conversations. And our goal is between now and Easter season, and, and as people are, I think, in Easter season, even more spiritually interested than normal, uh, they've been in the back of their minds being like, man, I might go that one time a year, or they've been considering maybe uh, some of the spiritual questions in their life. They're willing to engage in the conversation. And I, I just get so excited to think, man, who is going to be sitting in these seats at Easter? Who's going to be hearing maybe for the first time or hearing like in their heart for the first time that they can find forgiveness and peace? I just get so thrilled thinking about that. So we've been in this spiritual conversations um, series um, I was driving toward River Road at 3.30 on a Friday with my family, and it was backed up like crazy. I mean, you guys been driving in the area on a Friday? It was just, there's so much traffic, and what we were trying to do is get from the River Road side, if you guys know anything about Pialp, there's, uh, there's actual, the Pialp River run, runs alongside, and we were trying to get to the Milton Fife area, and, and the only route, the quickest route was across this old bridge that goes over, you guys know the bridge I'm talking about, the one bridge, and if you want to get to Milton Fife, you can go around, you know, and go all the way up to the Pialp area, 
it's going to be a long trek. You can go all the way to Tacoma, but this one bridge is designed to shorten it. And as we were driving toward it, I, I was excited to just get through the bridge and try to get past pa- traffic. And, and we were cruising at a great speed. I was happy. My family was happy. And then all of a sudden, abrupt halt right when we came to the crest. And I could see the bridge. And all of a sudden, there was a barrier that was put up. I don't know if it was like they were building something, working on the road. But a barrier was put across the bridge I wanted to get across. And I was like, ah! And you could just see collectively everyone in their cars as they were driving, ah! You know, and I, I just remember seeing that. And everything came to a halt. And more and more people were coming from all these different tributaries and roads trying to get across the bridge and we were all just stuck because of this barrier and uh, I, I remember communicating my frustration in the car and I, I was frustrated with this and I, I mean I was I was even at the point like frustrating I might even been doubting faith I was so mad <laughs> so mad and and I was telling Sarah how frustrated I could see other people hitting their their steering wheels and their windows like God ah, it was taking forever and then finally like and there were even some people who gave up their faith and they gave up hope and they started driving the other route or toward Tacoma or just giving up. We're going home. This, this, is, this is futile. And right as the, the quitters were quitting, uh, all of a sudden the barrier came up and I was like, yes. And we, we all started moving slowly and you're going. And all of a sudden, right before I got to the bridge, red light, <laughs> barrier. And I was like, "Dah!" We eventually got across it, which was good. But I feel like there's so many people with spiritual barriers in their lives looking for a bridge, looking for a way across. And many times people like look at all the wrong bridges that lead to nowhere. They're not going to really help them. And, and we know that Jesus is the bridge between heaven and earth. In fact, it says that in John 1. If you guys remember the first spiritual conversation we looked at with Nathaniel, the skeptic, Jesus said this to him, truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus is saying, I am the bridge that brings heaven to earth. I bring it together. And I'm not just creating a, a, a bridge that helps Christians or people of faith escape earth and, and, and run away from the issues. He's like, I am bringing heaven down to earth and you're gonna help me bring heaven into the most hellish of places. Jesus is the bridge. And in fact, in John uh, 14, chap- chapter 14, verse six, Jesus affirms this and gets even clearer about it. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. How many of you guys have heard that verse? That's like one of those verses that can be really powerful or scary depending on where you're coming from. If you're exploring faith, that can sound kind of scary. Like, what, what's the deal? What, but really what we believe as Christians is, is just what Jesus says. There is one bridge between heaven and earth. There is, there is one way to God, uh, between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. But there are many ways there are many bridges to Christ, the bridge. I mean, I bet there's as many stories and as many bridges to Jesus in this room as there are people. I bet each one of us um, has our own story of how God has brought us to him or how he is bringing currently or how he will bring you. And like you're here for a reason. And, and, and remember for us, we're all on a spiritual journey. It's not as important where, we're, where we've been or even where we're at, but it's where we're headed. And some of you are exploring faith. Some of you are finding faith. Some of you have found faith. And Jesus is the bridge with multiple various bridges, many ways to find him. Today, I want to talk to you about some simple things. Our goal is 
is that everyone in this room in this Easter season would be able to have a spiritual conversation. No matter what you believe, engage in one spiritual conversation and see what God would do with it. See how he would use it. Um, So we're going to look at two stories and then we're going to look at three ways Jesus teaches us to build bridges. Does that sound good? All right, we're going to have some fun in the service. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. Some of you guys look really serious or tired. And uh, we're going to look at these two stories. They're really stories of spiritual conversations. One's with an insider, a religious leader, and one's with an outsider, someone who's outside the framework of, of religion. And this is, these are both stories in, in the book of John. They actually follow each other from chapter 3 to chapter 4. And so the first one is about a man named Nicodemus. If you want to, you can turn to your Bible in um, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. That means he was a civic leader. That means like he was well-respected in the community. And, and it goes on to say that uh, he was a religious leader who was a Pharisee. And so the Pharisees were like known as those leaders that weren't like quasi-spiritual. They were really interested in the you know, common good for man. But you know, spirituality is you could take it or leave it. This meant that like, they, he was detailed, like rule follower of rule followers. He knew all the rules. He was following all the rules. And his job was to make sure uh, everybody else was following the rules. And if you weren't following the rules, he let you know that you were following the rules that was who he was we clear on the civic leader that we have here so this is a civic spiritual leader and after dark one evening he came to speak with Jesus now as we go through these these two passages what I want us to be looking for are what are the barriers and what are the bridges how does Jesus build bridges over the barriers? And immediately we see a barrier right here. After dark, one evening, he goes to talk with Jesus. And what this is showing us is simply that uh, Nicodemus is, he has a social barrier. He's afraid of what his peers think of him. He's afraid of it. He, he doesn't want other people to know that he's talking with Jesus. He wants to talk with Jesus. He just doesn't want to appear like he wants to talk with Jesus. Does that make sense? sure no one here has ever felt that way about Christians in church. Like, are any of my friends going to see me walking into this building? Um, no, we won't tell them. Um, so he goes on to say this, uh, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miracles and signs are evidence that God is with you. So he, he's again communicating like, like officially we, we don't like you and we don't believe in you unofficially you're weirding all of us out because you have this power that we don't have and we're like we're the ones who are supposed to connect people to God because of our righteousness and our goodness and our rule following and our religiosity and you are doing heavenly God things and miraculous healings and casting out demons and preaching with authority that we we don't see and 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 we're afraid that that power is going to leave our group and go to you do you see kind of the conversation? He's like, we, we acknowledge that you have power and that you, you must be from God secretly, in the dark. And Jesus' response is really interesting. He says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I love that Jesus, even though this guy wants to meet him in the secrecy of, of darkness, and the cover of darkness, doesn't want the world to know, doesn't want his uh, peers to know that he's talking with Jesus, doesn't want his followers to know that he's talking with Jesus. He's afraid of judgment. And this person who's afraid to meet with Jesus, um, Jesus is not afraid to meet with them. He meets Nicodemus right where he's at. 
And I don't know about you, if you have you ever had someone who's embarrassed to relate to you? And then they're like, hey, hey, come and talk with me over here. I don't want people to know that we're talking. Like my tendency would be like, nope, we're going to talk in the light. Right? I want you to feel fully embarrassed. I want, you to, I want you to know the full ramifications and social consequences of talking to me. But Jesus meets him where he's at. But he still challenges him with truth. I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus is like, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Do you see kind of the comedy that's happening? Like, here's a spiritual leader talking with a, spiritual leader talking with a real spiritual leader. And, he, and, and when he starts talking about heavenly things, he doesn't get it. And he's like, what do you mean? Like, I have to be born again, like physically? Like, how does that? And you see this guy just going through like, how is one born again? And, and it's just like, it's a funny conversation. You can just see Jesus looking at Nicodemus, like befuddled look, and he's like, okay, let, let's, let's dig into this. Uh, Jesus replied, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. And we see that another barrier for Nicodemus is like the, the heavenly earthly barrier, like the spiritual uh, versus like the temporary, eternal versus temporary things. There's a barrier. He doesn't see that Jesus is talking about spiritual things, which I'm sure was actually pretty amusing for Jesus and maybe sometimes frustrating. He's like, I, I'm talking about the spirit. The only thing that can bring the, hu- the human dead heart to life is the spirit. The only thing that can resurrect new life in people is God. It's his spirit. And, and Nicodemus is used to like this um, rule following his life. And Jesus is saying, no, the spirit of God is life. Totally different way of seeing things. And, and uh, Jesus goes on to say, or I should say Nicodemus responds to Jesus when, when Jesus is like, hey, there's, you have to know about being born again spiritually. How are these things possible? Jesus replied to him, you're a respected, rule-following Jewish teacher, are you not? And yet you don't understand these things. And I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But you... If you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe me when I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. He's saying, I am the bridge. This is an amazingly powerful moment where Jesus is, is looking at a spiritual leader who's got all these barriers. He can't see the spiritual. It, basically, he's saying, you're a spiritual leader, but, but you've got no spirit. You don't see spiritually. You're blind. And Jesus, with truth and love, is revealing that to him. And he's building bridges by talking with him in the darkness, the cover of darkness, talking to him on his own terms, talking to him even though this man is treating him in an insulting way in, in some ways. But Jesus sees the thirst. He sees that there's some, some genuineness to this guy seeking. And he does see that this took some courage where no one else is talking to Jesus from the Pharisees and from the religious leaders. This man is. And Jesus builds a bridge. I just think that's incredible. Now, let's look at the outsider. There's a spiritual conversation. Let's, there's, one, there's a spiritual conversation, a bridge that's built with a insider, a rule follower, someone who's building a bridge to God by their good works and their life. Now let's look at an outsider. Uh, In verse 7 of chapter 4, it says this, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. 
He was, only, he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Now the woman was surprised for Jews refuse to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Do you guys notice some barriers? There's some barriers right up front. There's, there's ethnic racial barriers, right? Like, you're a, you're a Jew, I'm Samaritan, we're enemies, we shouldn't be talking. I'm a woman. Like, men don't talk to women, especially Jewish men to Samaritan women. Like, what, what is going on? And so she's actually like, she becomes curious because Jesus is defying all the expectations. He's, he's building bridges over all of the normal barriers, like the social norms. And he's just, he, he cares about her. He, he cares more about her than he does about social convention, religious convention. Um, and, and she's blown away by that. And, and Jesus replies to her, um, if you only knew the gift of God that, that he has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And she said, and, and this, this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? Do you guys notice another barrier here? It's that, it, that's that heavenly, earthly, spiritual, um, kind of temporary, worldly way of looking at things. Isn't this the same barrier that Nicodemus had? Well, how is someone born again? Like, does he have to, you know, go back into his mother's womb? Like, he, they, they're missing the spiritual conversation that Jesus is having, but he continues building the bridge toward it. So how would you get this living water? Uh, skipping to verse 13, it says, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But who, those who drink the water I give will never thirst again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. All of a sudden he clarifies what he means by living water. It's eternal life. Police or the woman says, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. She's by herself, right? What does that tell you about a woman in the Middle East who's drawing water by herself? You know the culture, this is not normal. Women would go gather together for safety and social reasons. This means that for some reason she's an outcast. And this water that she thinks it's physical water, she gets excited because she's like, if you give me that, I won't have to come here alone. I won't have to be faced with the rejection I have to face every day. And Jesus says to her, go and get your husband. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus says, you're right. You don't have a husband for you've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. And Jesus reveals the, the barrier of sin in her life. Now, she could just be an abuse survivor. And she's, she's, she's actually like an abuse victim and she's just trying to survive. So if you didn't have a male, if you weren't married or didn't have a male to protect you in these day and ages, you weren't gonna last very long. And so she could be an abuse victim and this, this sin is a cultural one. Or it could be that she was trying to find um, acceptance through men. That was the thirst she had in her soul. And Jesus is actually giving her living water that actually is an acceptance that's better than anything she's been trying to seek in her culture with, the, with these men. It, this could be a combination of both, but Jesus builds a bridge over the sin barrier and he reveals the truth. And um, the woman says, sir, you must be a prophet. Like you're speaking, you know me, you know my story, you're kind of freaking me out. Have you guys ever had a spiritual conversation where someone knew you and they're like, you're kind of freaking me out? You guys remember a few weeks ago, Nathaniel, the skeptic, when Jesus knew him through and through, it's like this woman at the well, Nathaniel's response was like, how do you know me? 
When the Spirit of God's at work in us, and we let God turn our lives into a bridge, there's like, there's like incredible conversations and people are known. People are known. So I wanted to, to make a few con- clear connections. There's these barriers of ethnicity, gender, sin, culture, morality that are between Jesus and this woman. He just builds bridge after bridge after bridge of love. Um, there's social anxiety, a barrier. She's afraid to, to go get water with other women. And Jesus, he, he breaks through that. Um, and here's what I, I want us to notice a few things. But the first is both the insider and the outsider need bridges to Jesus. And through Jesus. The bridge to Nicodemus challenges his self-righteousness, his leadership, his I'm building this bridge by my own leadership and rule following and religiosity. And Jesus says that bridge that you're trying to build will never get you where you want to go. You have to be born again. And then with the woman, it, she's trying to put her life together and she sees all these barriers and, you know, religiously, she knows she, she's got sin in her life. So she goes like the non-religious outsider way and tries to, to build a bridge in her life through acceptance with men over and over and over. And Jesus is like, you can continue trying to, to, to find, like, let that quench your thirst, but it never will. You need living water. Do you guys see this as well? I mean, this is amazingly powerful. Both are in huge need of living water. Both need to be born again. Um, and both the insider and the outsider are sinners. Like, they're building their own bridges. That, that's one of the best definitions of sin is, is trying to build a bridge to God without God. And when we start to do that, we're actually kind of building our own God. And, and Jesus is like, no, it's never going to work. And, and the, the, the sin for both of them was trying to build their own bridges. Nicodemus is building a bridge of self-righteousness, the woman of self-acceptance, and both the insider and the outsider. Both of them were building bridges to the wrong things. But after they met Jesus, there's this transformation. We know that Nicodemus later is in the story later, and he's given his life to following Jesus. He's changed. And the woman, after she meets Jesus, is changed, and she runs to her village. And after people meet Jesus, when they really meet him, like that's where the transformation happens. The spirit helps them. He, he, he births something new in them, brings them to life. And, and I just want to talk, actually let you guys talk about something for a moment. Bridge building. Who in your life has built a bridge that changed you? Do you guys have someone in your life that has built bridges? Whether you're, you went the outsider route or the insider route. How many of you guys have had bridge builders in your life? What I want you guys to do is to actually talk about it right now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to give you uh, a few minutes. And uh, I'm going to give you this challenge. One is to get a taco from the renowned taco bus. We were bringing tacos in. Uh, So my friends, if you have tacos, you can bring them in now. And what I want you to do while you're eating tacos is not just, not just eat tacos for, and for selfish gain and selfish ambition, but I want you to eat tacos for Jesus, and this is how you're going to do it. Share a story. Build a bridge together by sharing a story about a person who built a bridge into your life and the impact they had on you. So the question you're going to be talking about is, who built a bridge into your life and how did that impact you? And eat a taco and talk about it, and then we'll bring it back together. There's uh, hot sauce and stuff like that in the back, but grab a taco and get up and talk with someone that you might not know, because we're building bridges today, right, everybody? So get on up, grab a taco, and uh, start talking. I'm CJ, and uh, I, I found Jesus through Dungeons & Dragons. 
I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. I was always always kind of kept to myself. I was homeschooled, just didn't like people. I kind of started getting into drugs and alcohol, just the party life, and just tanked my life. I dropped out of college and eventually got evicted from my apartment. I got a call from these friends that I hadn't heard from in a year or more saying, hey, we just had a slot open in our Dungeons and Dragons game. Do you want to play? I've always wanted to because it sounds cool because dragons, but I've never played it. Dungeons and Dragons, if you don't know, is that game that the nerds in Stranger Things play. It's, it's basically make-believe for adults. You pretend to be a wizard, and you roll funny-shaped dice, and, and just you disappear into this fantasy world. It's really just a chance to hang out with friends. The table's open to everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter what you believe. If you want to have fun with your friends, you're welcome. My friends Ian and Brittany showed up completely unsolicited and said, hey, we found a place you can crash until you get on your feet. Ended up moving in with my buddy AJ, who I didn't know at the time was also Christian and who I was also playing Dungeons and Dragons with. Every single week we'd meet and hang out for like four to six hours. And even though I believed completely different things, I was walking a completely different life. And I was criticizing them for their life. They were just like, hey, we love you. You're welcome here. Yeah, that's... I was always welcome. That was the big thing for me. Growing up, I learned to hate Christians and to just dismiss offhand everything they believed. My dad was an atheist and my mom was a Wiccan. When I did finally start giving church a chance, uh, I super analyzed everything, dove into scripture, like still fighting the concept of faith. Like I'm gonna find all the things that are wrong with this. I didn't. I didn't find inconsistencies. I didn't find a jerky, mean, like fire and brimstone God. I found the same kind of, of love and compassion and welcoming that my friends had already shown me. Invite people to your D&D group, or if that's not your thing, invite them to go fly fishing with you, or, or invite them to go, I don't know, Whatever people do, watch a movie, just invite people into your life. That shows them that you care, even if they don't want to be a wizard, which is inconceivable. But just the fact that you invited them in, that tells them you care. That's huge. Like, that can be the thing that gets someone through a day, just knowing that someone cares about them. Never think like, oh, what I do isn't interesting to someone else. Or never think, that person, they never want to do anything. I, I shouldn't even invite them because you don't know how miserable they are. Just reach out be like, hey, I want to hang with you. Let's go kill a dragon.
there is one bridge between heaven and earth, and it's Jesus. There are multiple, many bridges to Jesus. May your life be a bridge. Let your life be a bridge to Christ. And you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have your life all together for God to use your life to be a bridge to others. And, and God will use imperfect people to be a bridge between you and, and Christ, to help connect you to him or new ways of thinking and challenge your faith. And um, I want to give you guys the three bridge building tips of Jesus that we, that we learned from, from those two stories of an outsider and an insider, Nicodemus and the woman at the well. And the first is find and focus on the bridges God has already built. So easy to focus on the barriers that, that we, don't go, we don't ever cross the bridge. It'd be really easy to kind of give up on things. Like when I was trying to get across River Road, people that were just bailing out and, it's, and there's this barrier and when we just focus on the barrier and we, and we forget, look at there, there's a way to get across. We look for the bridges, we'll find them. And when people begin seeking Jesus, I, my experience tells me that they will find him. I think there's a, a few assumptions that, pe- that create the barrier mentality. And, and I, I want to talk about that, those assumptions. And then I want to talk a bri- about a bridge builder's mentality um, so that we focus on the bridges that are already there, that God has already built. With Nicodemus, uh, God was already at work there and he already had major questions like, who are you and how are you doing this? And God is at work somehow, can you tell me? So they had the conversation and Jesus taught him. And with the woman at the well, there was this, there was this thirst, this, this hunger in her and, and Jesus worked with that. And, and I just think we need to learn to look for that. So a, a, a barrier-focused mentality is focused, uh, has these assumptions. People don't want to talk about God. Many times we'll, we'll just think, ah, people aren't interested in talking about God. Um, there, there's some statistics from a guy named Ed Stetzer. He shared this. Um, nine out of ten people ages 20 to 29 are willing to engage in spiritual conversations. Nine out of ten people in their 20s want to talk about spiritual things. Living in the Northwest, where everything is spiritual, you can believe anything you want, you just can't tell me that your beliefs are more true than mine. People are willing to talk about spiritual things. Does that resonate? Now, if you're older, it says that no one wants to talk about that 30 and about, no, I'm just kidding. It says um, <laughs> seven out of 10. So it lowers a little bit, but seven out of 10 people want to have spiritual conversations. And we can get this, this mentality that says people don't want to talk about God. Uh, the statistics tell us that people do want to talk about God. They, do, they are looking for, for the bridge. They are looking for things that give life meaning and purpose and, and, and can heal and bring forgiveness to them. Um, we just, we got to look beyond that. Number two, the other barrier that, you know, that prevents people from seeing the bridges is the barriers are too big. They just see them as too big to get over. I, we can't build it over. That, that, that person has too big a barrier in their life. It's impossible. Um, so they don't have the faith or courage about it. The, the third assumption is I'm not skilled enough. God can't use me. God can't use me. And, and I, I just, we have to come to an understanding that the, if the Bible teaches us anything is that God uses the broken and beat up and losers of the world to show the high and mighty wise that God has a plan that's better than anything they could ever come up with. He uses all of us. Number four, the assumption is they don't want or need Jesus to be a bridge from heaven to earth. Like, I don't need Jesus. I don't need him. And, and people are willing and open for Jesus. And, and I think the, 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 the assumptions that we need to have 
are these. The first assumption that I think bridge builders have is this. God is already building bridges in their life. You just have to discover where those bridges are. Number two is God wants to build a life, build a bridge to your life and through your life. This is really important. The woman at the well, Jesus built a bridge into her life. And then when she realized what Jesus had done and who he is, she ran to her whole village and shared her story. Look, come meet a man who told me everything I've ever done. He knows everything about me, and yet he still has accepted me. Come meet him. So Jesus builds a bridge to her life and through her life to reach a village. Each and every one of us have a village of people God wants to reach. It's our neighbors. It's our friends. It's our family members. It's our coworkers. I mean, think about it right now. Who are, the, who are faces that come to mind when you start thinking about bridges that God wants to build or is already building through your life? God wants to change people's lives and deep in the heart of every person they are searching for the bridge. They're searching for God. You know, Nicodemus was was trying to search for God by building a bridge of, of, of acceptance by following rules. The woman was building a bridge to find acceptance by, you know, uh, relationships with, with men. Jesus shows us a better way. When you're asking a question to find out like where are the where where are the bridges, I, I like to ask, what's your story? We just had a room filled with people, many of whom didn't know each other until they had taco in hand and the sound of, you know, low music and just the smell of meat. I don't know what it is about the smell of meat that brings people together. But all of a sudden these bridges were built and then these stories were happening. And you, as you were sharing about somebody who's built a bridge into your life spiritually and they share about a way someone has built a, a spiritual bridge into their life, a bridge is being built between the two of you happening in this room, in this moment. Like, like it's, not, it's only as, as hard as we make it. The barrier is only as big as you and I make it. Sometimes the biggest barrier to letting God use our lives as a bridge is us, it's me. And, and Jesus wants us to, to get over that. Get over yourself and let me use your life. You'll never regret letting Jesus use your life to bring love to other people. The question I ask is, what's your story or where are you at in your spiritual journey? The second um, you know, key on building bridges is build bridges over the most important barriers. So many barriers exist. You've got to find them. And I'll ask the question, what are the barriers in your life when I'm having spiritual conversations? And for some people, it's like, I don't have enough bi- biblical knowledge. Or like the woman at the well, I've got so much sin in my life. And my past is, you know, like, who could, could God really forgive me? And, and there's these barriers that I wouldn't even think of in people's lives because I don't ask and I don't look for it. And, and for, for some people, there's, there's, a, there's social anxiety, you know, Nicodemus didn't want to be seen in front of his friends with Jesus and the woman at the well is alone because of social anxiety and I think in our world one of the biggest barriers is this fear and anxiety of like coming to church or am I wearing the right thing am I going to say something wrong at church or in a spiritual conversation they, they they're, they're just like man it's I don't want to be awkward and there's this fear of awkwardness is 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 sometimes greater for people than than the than the joy of transformation and friends if you if we can see our our friends and family members and neighbors and coworkers' lives transform because of Jesus, like that's greater than any social anxiety we can have. I'm, I'm not saying it's not real, but I am saying that God can help us build a bridge through that. And so we want to be uh, bridge builders. And I love the quote that CJ had. I love uh, when he said, invite people into your life that shows them that you care, that even if they don't, even if they don't want to be a wizard, which to him was inconceivable, but the fact that you invited them, that tells them that you care. 
I just love that. Some, like, there's so many bridges that can be built with food and fun and tacos and, uh, you know, hobbies that people have or sharing knowledge or conversation or when some, just being present with someone when they're going through tragedy, trial, transition, and life is tumultuous and, and, and they're present there like God builds these bridges. But the, the, the key is inviting people into your life. It's the bridge of relationship. And Jesus had these conversations with real people in real time. Are, are there people that God is just saying, hey, I've, hello, I've got them in your life. Talk to them. Engage them. Learn to know their story and ask them what, what, what barriers are, are blocking you from Jesus and how, what would it look like to get, get over those barriers? What would it look like to get beyond those things? And I love that CJ's video just shows like for some people a bridge is Dungeons and Dragons. For other friends of mine, it's it's been a it's been a breakup in a relationship or a restoration or relationship. It's been a son or daughter being born. It's been going through like uh, hell on earth with a loss or an injury or health issues with, with themselves or their family. But God uses anything and everything to build a bridge to Jesus, who is the bridge to God. So last thing is when someone's ready. For God, walk across the bridge together. Don't let them go across the bridge alone. Walk with them. Say, I'll pray with you. Are you if you're ready to, to take a step of faith, I'll, let me pray with you. Let me pray for you. Let's do that together. Like we, Christianity, is an, it's, not a, it's not golf where you're playing this game alone. It's a team sport. We play this game together. We're better and greater together. Amen? Amen. This Easter in a season where people are open spiritually. I, I believe that, you know, in this world, we are, we, we are more divided and disconnected than ever. We have more technology, quicker access to information, quicker access to people, but yet we still feel more disconnected. And Jesus offers the only way to true peace. And that's the path of peace. That's the path of the cross. It's the trust and love of Jesus. It's knowing God and being reconciled. And I, I believe there's people that need forgiveness uh, from other people. Like they need to forgive others and they need forgiveness from God. There's people who need to forgive themselves in our life. And, and we have a message of hope, friends. Will our church be a bridge to our community in this season? Your life is a bridge. Our Easter service is a bridge. Tacos are a bridge if we let it become a bridge. So if, you, if you'd allow me, I'd like to pray for our church and your life in this season that, that you would allow God to use your life as a bridge to others. Would that be okay? Let me just pray for our church family. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you would help us see that you have built a bridge of love into our life that we needed so badly. Each of us has a different story. Each of us has had different bridges, but all of us are being led towards you, Jesus. The way, the truth, the life. Heavenly Father, would you help us to see and hear the people that you've put in our life? Would you help us to see the bridges you're already building or have built? Would you help us to see beyond the barriers and begin building a bridge with our life? God, we open our life to you. We surrender our life to you. Let let us be a bridge that helps people find Jesus. Let the imperfections and limits of our life, as well as the gifts and as well as the strengths, all of those things mingled by your grace, point people to you, the author and perfecter of our faith, the bridge between heaven and earth. And Father, would you bring heaven to this town? Would you bring your 
kingdom to this uh, area? Would you bring your love to this county? And God, we ask that you would do that through our church. Would Easter be a bridge? Would our lives be a bridge? In Jesus' name, amen.